I'm Shahar Azami, and in the news, the UN Human Rights Council condemns Israel once more following the May 2021 Guardian of the Walls operation against Hamas. Following last year's events and Hamas's rocket attacks on Israel, the UN Human Rights Council established a commission of inquiry to investigate, resulting in a perpetual condemnation of Israel while giving Palestinian terrorists a free pass. The International Legal Forum, the ILF, along with others all around the world, went on the offense to counter those unjust and unfounded accusations. With me to discuss this important matter and to enlighten us all on these issues is my good friend, Arsen Ostrovsky. Arsen is a leading international human rights lawyer and one of the most prominent voices in the pro-Israel community worldwide. He's currently the chair and CEO of the International Legal Forum. Arsen, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Tel Aviv. How are you? I'm great. Thank you as always for having me on, my friend, Shaha. So here is our opportunity now is to frame this entire topic and to give our viewers uh, the tools to understand what this is about and how to counter the accusation. So first, let's touch on the report. What is the report? Who made the report? Who gave them the authority to write the report? What is the significance of the report? Please enlighten us, Arsene. Thank you, Shah. Look, you know, just as leopards don't change their spots, so does the UN always find the Jewish state guilty. There are very few certainties in life. That is sadly one of them when it comes to the treatment of Israel uh, before the United Nations. And look, this report was created purportedly in the wake of uh, last year's uh, war with Hamas in which the terror group fired some four and a half thousand rockets at Israel. But the resolution creating this commission does not even mention Hamas, not even once, not even once. So you, you're talking you, about the resolution to establish the commission. Correct. The resolution to establish this commission, because there was, the commission was established in May 27, uh, right in the wake of, the, um, in the, wake of the, the war with Hamas. But the resolution doesn't mention the word Hamas, not even once. And then the group of uh, judges, so to speak, chosen to, uh, chosen to adjudicate over Israel's supposed guilt or innocence, led by Navi Pillay. Navi Pillay is a uh, South African jurist. She's a former uh, UN High Commission for Human Rights. Um, now, a judge in any Western civilized court is required to show impartiality and objectivity before the very case they are to adjudicate. But Navi Pillay has a long-standing and visceral hostility towards Israel and sheer anti-Semitism. That is the only preconditions upon which she was chosen to adjudicate this commission. This is a woman who has already pronounced Israel guilty of war crimes, of crimes against humanity, of apartheid. She has said that she hopes that the BDS movement catches on. Barely two weeks after the ceasefire had uh, settled in, she co-signed a letter to President Biden already saying that accusing Israel of violations of international law. And this is the woman that is meant to be adjudicating our innocence or guilt. Arsene, who, yeah. who picked her? Who, who made the decision to go with her? That's, that's a great choice. I guess that's a great question. The UN Human Rights Council. But we do not know upon what criteria. Well, actually, we know what criteria they were chosen on. The criteria was hostility and bias towards Israel. That is the only criteria, essentially, upon which they were chosen. But there was, a, there was no openness selection process. We do not know the basis upon which they were selected. We do not know who else had, um, had applied for these positions. And what else I think is critical that we must remember here 
is that this goes against even the UN's very own guidelines for fact-finding missions and commissioners, which require impartiality and objectivity. So they are also in breach of the UN's own guidelines. Now, if she was a judge before any American court, she would never have been appointed in the first place. But at the United Nations, you get rewarded for hostility and anti-Semitism towards Israel. I, 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 have to, I have to ask you, I'm sure everybody who listens to you has the same question. What you're saying is the same criteria that, was, that would apply to simple uh, arbitration on car issues or real estate issues um, as far as impartiality and objectivity of the arbiter or the judge does not apply when it comes to the United Nations Human Rights Council. I mean, this is utterly ridiculous, such a blatant and flagrant violation of every principle of decency and common sense. Shaha, you, you sound shocked. Um, look, when it comes to the United Nations Human Rights Council, we must remember this is the very same council which counts as its members today, China, Venezuela, Cuba, Qatar, Pakistan. This is the same UN Human Rights Council which has condemned Israel almost more times than the entire world combined. Israel is the only nation, the only nation that is a permanent agenda item on the UN Human Rights Council. There is one item devoted just to Israel, the only standalone item devoted to one country, and then one item devoted to human rights in the rest of the world. The UN, this is not a UN Human Rights Council, this is a UN terrorist rights council where Israel has repeatedly been denied equality, which is incredibly sad because it undermines the very fight for human rights, for the rule of law, uh, for decency, uh, and for promotion of basic human rights around the world, which is why it is so important that we speak up. Not only those that support Israel, but those that care for the truth, but those that want to see uh, peace in the Middle East, because all this commission does, not only does it single out Israel, and we can talk about sort of why this is so unprecedented, but it gives a green light to Palestinian terror groups. Not only does it give them a green light to carry out attacks against Israel, but it also uh, gives a green light for attacks against Jews in creating this pervasive discourse in which they have quite literally, literally blamed Israel for all the ills of the Middle East. So this is really, the findings are really not only blatantly one-sided, blatantly biased and entirely predictable, entirely predictable from the very beginning, before even the ink was dry, we knew what the outcome was already. You know, the, uh, it's very, what you're saying is very important because for our viewers to understand, the, the creation of this committee, the process itself, without even touching the, the report or the initial findings, we already know the direction in which it went and how wrong this is on any and every level. But the thing is that this is outrageous, not just because of Israel, but also because this is an internationally funded organ that the taxpayer funds from various nations go there. And instead of serving the cause of justice, not only does it undermine the cause of justice by negating justice from other causes so, so well-deservedly needed, it also encourages violence by not criticizing the terrorist organizations. I mean, this is terrible on so many, this is like a Reuben sandwich of terrible. That's, that's a great, great example. You know, in the report that was ultimately handed down by the, by the commission, Israel was singled out and condemned 157 times. Hamas was mentioned three times, and in that case, even barely, barely condemned. It's they, the UN doesn't even have the 
the basic decency and intellectual honesty to do it. The other thing we have to remember, you know, this commission is really, it's, it is an unprecedented assault on the Jewish state, even in, even in the UN's own system. Uh, this commission, and this is really what makes it in so many ways so unique, it is entirely open-ended. There is no start date, there is no finish date. It will exist in perpetuity. It has a mandate to look at all underlying root causes of the Israeli process. Wait, so you're talking now, Arsene, just so that we understand. Yeah. We have the decision of the council to establish the commission. We have this decision to appoint uh, Navi Pillay and some others um, to adjudicate where we know what the position is. And now you're talking about the framework of the mandate itself. So when Correct. you say open-ended, what does that mean? It can go indefinitely to investigate? Exactly. That's exactly what it means. It means that this commission will exist in perpetuity. Um, the mandate calls for uh, investigating root, all underlying root causes of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, including pre-1948, before the state of Israel, even before the state of Israel's exist, existence. And again, remember, this commission came on the back of the war with Hamas only a year ago. Right. It has a mandate to look before 48 and into the future as well. Its time of scope is unlimited. Also, its geographical scope is unlimited, meaning that they can look at not only what is happening in Israel, in the Middle East, but beyond our region as well. Then you look at the budget. The budget for this commission is some $4.2 million. Every single other commission of inquiry, a fact-finding mission of such nature, is at two million annual. So this commission on Israel is at least double any other commission, including, by the way, the commission on Syria, where some over half a million people have been slaughtered by Assad's regime, the commissions on Libya and Yemen. So this will exist in perpetuity of, and there will be no process of, as other commissions are, of reviewing. So this will exist into eternity. And, you know, you look at what's happening in the world around us, is literally burning in uh, Russia, uh, Ukraine, you look at China, the over a million Uyghurs uh, that have been in prison in concentration camps. You look at Iran. Iran, by the way, is not even mentioned in this report. When Iran is a very organization that funded every single one of those, some four and a half thousand rockets that were ultimately fighters. But they're not even mentioned. So, so Arsene, the anti-Semitism and the anti-Israel bias of the UN Human Rights Council is not just an argument, it's a business. It's, a, it's, a, it's exactly, a, you're exactly right. It is a business. And at the UN, the business of Jew hatred sells. That is the stark reality. You know, you look at the Human Rights Council, it is dominated by dictatorships, by tyrants, uh, by murderers, by those who sit on the council. Um, by the, there is no democratic election process. Countries are guaranteed spots based on a geographical, um, uh, geographical location and backdoor deals between each other. The ILF, and if you go onto the website, which I thoroughly looked at, the ILFNGO.org, 
Uh, what I really love about what you've been doing is you're not just on the defensive explaining why we're, Israel is right and why they're wrong. You actually went on the offense to expose what lies behind the adjudicators and the entire structure that presents this supposed um, uh, report or findings to the world to see. And please elaborate a little bit about what you've been doing to counter these findings. Sure. I mean, look, the, the reality is we knew from before this resolution, before this committee was even appointed, we knew what the result was going to be. Right, unfortunately. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. Right. Uh, we, we knew that. Um, so it's so important to go on the offense, as you said, and to expose the commission, to expose those that are adjudicating uh, our, our guilt or innocence, to expose the hypocrisy, to expose their bias, their double standards, their visceral hostility against Israel and against the, the very fundamentals of truth upon which uh, our justice system in the Western liberal order is based. So our organization, International Legal Forum, uh, authored a major report which was uh, done in collaboration with 25 organizations around the world, wow. um, exposing Navi Pillay, exposing her co-commissioners, who, by the way, are equally as problematic as her one of whom has called for embargoes on Israel and given advice to the Palestinians, the other who's accused Israel of ethnic cleansing. And, uh, you know, they're really in many ways no, no better than Nabi Pillay. So we went to uh, great lengths to expose everything they've said on Israel, all their prior statements, everything from uh, all the charges they made against Israel for someone like Nabi Pillay, who actually applauded Iran's participation in the Durban conference in 2009 when Holocaust denier Ahmadinejad of Iran spoke. Um, we really, we showed that there were also links between Navi Pillay and uh, PFLP terror group affiliated uh, organizations. So we, we went to great lengths to, to expose that with our co global coalition of over 25 organizations from around the world, from the US, Europe, uh, South Africa, um, and, uh, and elsewhere. Um, but not only that, we went further. We worked with our partners and allies to approach lawmakers and officials in countries uh, around the world um, to urge them not to give any credence, to urge them to speak out, to urge them to uh, condemn this, the bias, the disproportionate pathological focus of the Human Rights Council as exhibited in this commission. Um, and, you know, this had a tremendous impact and result. We saw 23 countries just this week. Come yeah, talk to us about the international response. So they have the commission, they came out with their initial findings. What I'd love to hear from you is maybe a few words about what is it that they found? I, you know, just indulge us with some of the ridicule. And then what has been the international reaction? Sure. I mean, look, the, what, what they found was, uh, this might come as a shock to you, but they found Israel as solely responsible for every single ill of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. There is only, according to them, there's only one side to blame, that is Israel, whereas the Palestinians get an entirely free pass. And this is the absurdity of this. Uh, they're, not uh, even, they're not even embarrassed, Arsene. They're not even embarrassed. To, to, you know, something that the fourth grader would think twice before submitting to the teacher for lack of uh, balance, they have no issues submitting at the cost of over $4 million on an annual basis. They, have, they are unabashedly proud in submitting this, uh, this report of sheer lies and hate. And quite frankly, I would add one step further, incitement. Incitement to uh, 
to violence, both in Israel and ultimately as against uh, Jews in the diaspora by creating this pervasive discourse and blaming Israel. Um, so it's, it's really very disturbing. I mean, they, they blame Israel for um, everything from lack of progress in the Palestinian peace front. They blame Israel for um, disproportionate action. Uh, they blame Israel even for the, 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 the rights of women in the Palestinian territories. They literally, they blame us for every single um, cause they can, they can imagine. Um, now, the reaction was really quite, quite interesting. And um, we have to say there, you know, there were 21 countries, 22 countries that signed a letter led by the United States condemning this report as specifically because of its one-sided nature, because of its disproportionate focus on Israel. Australia, in addition, uh, made a statement in their own national right, very much likewise condemning, um, condemning the commission, uh, saying that it does not advance peace in any way. Um, but you know what was the most interesting thing? And I, and I watched the, the session, opening session of the Human Rights Council when Navi Pillay and her co-commissioners presented the findings. And Navi Pillay said during uh, this opening session that she was, and I quote, encouraged by the reception that their report received for the UN Human Rights Council. You want to know, Shaha, which were the countries that spoke in support of the commission? Right, which ones? Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Pakistan. What does that tell you? When these are the countries led by Iran that are applauding Navi Pillay's UN commission. This is not a commission. This is an inquisition. It's a lynch mob. It is exactly a lynch, a lynch mob. It is a lynch mob against the, not just the state of Israel, but against the very foundation of truth and the rule of law and justice. Subverting the, uh, the foundations of what that work should be all about. And you were mentioning the, the, the countries that made statements uh, against the report, which included, you mentioned Australia. Correct. Uh, there was some... Um, uh, 22 countries that signed the letter led by the United States. Um, but what's interesting about that is, and I think it's important to note, I mean, first of all, it's an incredibly commendable effort um, that 22 countries signed this statement. And by the way, some uh, countries in Africa, as well as in South America, Brazil, um, as well, obviously, a very important country, the UK, uh, Germany. But out of those 22 countries that signed the statement, only, I think, only six of them, six or seven of them, are actually members of the UN Human Rights Council, of which has 47 countries on the council. So only six or seven of those 47 countries signed on to this statement, which I think is unfortunately a low number. Um, but it also goes to uh, show that, you know, and we have to remember that the US has come back to the UN Human Rights Council after having previously withdrawn and I think notwithstanding their honorable intentions, I think what this has also demonstrated beyond any real uh, shadow of a doubt is that uh, notwithstanding that, you know, maybe it's time to end the facade and the charade, that it is possible to influence the Human Rights Council for good, that perhaps the Human Rights Council is, at the end of the day, a completely irredeemable body whose sole purpose is a pathological obsession and demonization and vilification of the state of Israel.
and, and a circus of wasting funds and resources, which is unacceptable in a world that, like you said so eloquently before, needs those resources to assist refugees in the Ukraine and other plights of people all around the world who are negated any kind of assistance because it's being used on business class tickets for irredeemable biased uh, commissions of inquiry like this one. It's truly uh, unforgivable. It is. It's unforgivable. It's an outrage. And it's not only an outrage for those who support Israel, but really all those who do care about promoting human rights, who do care about peace in the Middle East, and who stand for the basic principles of truth, justice, of, of democracy. And this Human Rights Council, as, as underscored by this uh, commission, is, you know, the, uh, the contrary to each of those each of those principles and values that we uh, consider so sacrosanct. Arsene, um, beyond the statements made by the 2223 states, mm-hmm. is there any actual um, deed, move, that was taken against the UN Human Rights Council or against Pillai or against any of uh, the elements responsible for this, uh, the, this parody of a report? Or it just remains within the realm of words? Um, no, there are actions being taken, a uh, number of which we're certainly uh, supporting advocating, one of which is in Congress. Uh, there's now uh, in the works uh, an act called the uh, Commission of Inquiry Elimination Act, um, essentially to ensure that no funds from Congress go towards in any way, shape or form towards this commission, uh, to ensure that no US taxpayer dollars fund this uh, outrageous committee. Uh, which requires, as we know, a very heavy budget uh, in order to function, in order to carry out their, uh, you know, their, their mission of, of vilifying uh, the, the state of Israel. At the end of the day, you know, at the UN, money talks. Um, so Congress uh, has certainly acted very fast and looking to do this. Uh, we are working with uh, partners and allies in Europe as well, but, and most countries that have uh, that have come out uh, to condemn this report. Uh, and as you say, you no know, words. A great words are important, they're necessary to uh, expose this um, this bias, this one-sidedness, this wasteful, um, you know, uh, res- of important resources. But we need to go beyond words and actions, and including legislation to ensure that whether um, funds do not go towards a committee, whether there are punitive actions towards Nadia Pillay and her co-commissioners, uh, certainly to make sure that uh, what they are. Uh, what they're seeking, what they're saying, that there will be a price to pay for that. Do you think, um, when, when you're talking about the actions taken and the moves in Congress and beyond, do you see um, down the line any chance that the U.S. might decide to withdraw its membership and funding overall for this organization, or is it too much to hope for at this point? Oof, um, I think at this point, maybe it's a bit too much to hope for. Um, you know, the previous administration, uh, when also Nikki Haley was ambassador and Mike Pompeo was the Secretary of State, you know, they pulled out because they said that the UN Human Rights Council became a cesspool of political hate and which was defined by a chronic discrimination against Israel. That has not changed. That as, as we have seen by this commission, not only has it not changed, it has actually gotten worse. So you really have to ask, you know, what good has actually Come of it. What has to each and every to each and every person, and specifically to the taxpayers here in the United States who are funding the UN Human Rights Commission. So they have every right to come to the uh, administration or any administration for that matter and say the money is going there. What is that money doing for me? 
Correct. I mean, I would be aghast at a, being a U.S. taxpayer knowing that a country like Venezuela is judging the way in which we carry out, in which we uh, observe human rights. A country like Venezuela or a country like China or Cuba, you know, these are, uh, these are dictatorships. These are uh, countries that are committing gross human rights abuses. And they are the ones sitting in positions of judgment, not only of Israel, but of America, of the entire West. Um, so I think it is an outrage, uh, not just those who care about the, the truth, but uh, those who also care about how and where their taxpaying dollars uh, go. And in, in any way, shape or form, can this report be enforced in any way against Israel? Can there be measures taken against Israel as a result of these bundles, bundles of lies? The, uh, the UN Human Rights Council certainly, uh, I think, is aiming in that direction. Uh, what we will see, I believe, is uh, this uh, come September when the UN General Assembly meets, uh, we can very likely expect a resolution before the General Assembly based on the report's findings. Now, this report was just issued. Now, this is just the first stage. And at this point, they looked at a, a specifically uh, some preliminary issues and also looked at a compliance with past missions and resolutions. The next stage, uh, we know they're going to be investigating, and they, they said this, they're going to be investigating. Um, also, has the crime of apartheid been, um, uh, been committed by Israel? And we know for a fact Pillay has already accused Israel of right. committing apartheid. So we know what she's going to say. And right. we know this will go to the General Assembly where the Palestinians have... Uh, mathematical majority. Uh, but we look, the UN General Assembly resolutions are not binding, but they do carry weight. Uh, the real sort of big concern here is that ultimately uh, that this, um, uh, the reports of uh, the Human Rights Council will go towards uh, as evidence, uh, perhaps um, in terms of the proceedings that are currently in foot against Israel by the International Criminal Court. Um, so that is uh, the primary concern here. Um, which obviously can have very important ramifications, very important legal ramifications, which is why it's so important that certainly not only that we speak out, but that our allies not just act out and elsewhere actually act to uh, against the commission to ensure that's why, that we get away with this. That's why we're lucky to have you at the helm and the ILF and others, the huge coalition of not just talkers, great talkers, but doers. I want to ask you um, just uh, quickly, a last question that, you know, on a personal level, Arsene, because you've been fighting this battle for a long time. You are out there in the trenches, battling on every possible front in the US, in Europe, at the UN. So beyond the trouble du jour of this occasional anti-Semite that the Jewish people has seen come and go for thousands of years, and the reports that come out every few years, pillar of defense, protective edge, um, all of these come together. Uh, is there a solution on the horizon that you think could be a more permanent one? What do you think can be done? Are you hopeful that we have a chance of fixing the problem, not just the symptoms that arise every, every once in a while? How is your feeling about that? Look, you know, at, at, the, at the UN, you know, it is uh, the, the bias, the hostility against Israel is so entrenched. It's so systematic and it's so pathological that, um, you know, I, I wish I could give you a more positive answer, but I don't see that changing anytime soon. You know, we say that there are only really two things, certain life, death and taxes, which might have heard that it will always be found guilty before the United Nations. But the fact of the matter is the United Nations is not going anywhere. 
it is the only global multilateral body of, of, of this kind that, that, that exists. So Israel has to be there. What I take away from it and what gives me motivation is that, you know, barely 70 years ago, we didn't have a voice. Right. We didn't have a country. We have that now. And so we have not only an not only a right, but an obligation to speak up because we have a voice. We can speak, and, and by we, I mean not only the state of Israel, but all those who support the state of Israel, whether they be in America, in Europe, in, 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 you know, around the world, who support Israel, who stand for the truth, who believe in a strong you know, Israel-American relationship. We have a voice, so we have not only a right, but in fact a duty and an obligation to speak up, to speak out, to condemn the lies, to condemn the hatred, and to explain the truth, to explain what is happening. So I think, uh, you know, that's for me, that's what gives me certainly the, the motivation to see when my country is being singled out and delegitimized. That is when I stop. That is when I act. That is when I, uh, uh, that is when, you know, what, what inspires me. And so I think all those who care about Israel and the truth to... Uh, well, the, the, the truth says, Arsene, that's a great note to end our uh, conversation today. But it's not just a conversation. This was downright 101 tutorial about dealing with the UN report, its origin, and what to do about this. And I urge our viewers to go to ilfngo.org, see all of the resources relevant and available on this matter, and follow Arsene's um, call for action. Don't just complain, bemoan the issues during Shabbat dinner, but do something about it. Take one image, one accusation, post about this, share it, share people the problems that are so inherent to the existence of, of this organ, not in a huge way, start small with the small screws that make up this industry, industrial machine of lies. Together, we will dismantle it. Arsene, thank you so much for everything that you do. You know, we're big admirers. It's been a pleasure having you with us and keep on fighting the good fight. We are with you all the way. Thank you, Shaha. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank all of you for watching and to all stay safe, stay healthy and do something about it. For JBS, I'm Shahar Azani. Until next time, Shalom and Lehitraot. <laughs>